Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food space. You guys are going to be super hungry when you hear about the brand we've got on today. Uh, the company is called Three Sons Foods. Yeah, Three Sons Foods. And on the podcast today, you're going to get all three sons and their mom, Tracy. So Tracy, Aiden, Luke, and George are here with us today. You guys are going to love the flavors and the sauces you hear about. Um, They're booming. They're exploding. They've got a cool brand that's new, and I'm so glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. They're all in the same room together, and I see them on Zoom, which is so fun. As you guys know, I don't always have like video with my guests so it's cool that we can actually inter- interact a little bit and um it's so fun to see you guys in person um had so much fun researching your company and your brand um i mean you guys are growing something that's incredible and delicious and i want you guys to share that story um before we do though share with our audience a little bit about what the family was doing before launching the company well i personally was a child <laughs> So was a child. Nice. And, um, lastly, Aiden, he was a child. Bunch of children. <laughs> That's good. I love it. So in school, there was yeah. So we were at. Um, I was uh, I was in junior high, and then oh. they were both in elementary, and we did a lot of sports like football and hockey and uh, basketball and track. And then we also, George and I play guitar, and then Luke played the played drums, so had that too. <laughs> awesome! So you guys are being like kids, right? You're growing up yeah, in the yeah, family, yeah. bunch of and normal suburban kids, suburban kids in Houston, Texas, right? Um, and then where did this idea come from? Hey, we're going to start a company and we're going to do it in the food space. Um, my mom was like, "Hey, you want to start a company?" And I was <laughs> oh, like, well, that's really? What's our why?" Um, to donate money for rhinos. So when Luke was five, turning six, uh, he was like, I really love rhinos. And he's like, I would rather ask for donations in lieu of gifts for my birthday parties. And I was like, awesome. That sounds great. So we, uh, every year for his birthday, we would just, you know, have the tradition of asking for donations for rhino conservation. So five years into that, um, yeah, I turned to him and I was like, I have this great sauce that the t- like neighbors are like, you know, they, they, they wanted to actually call it crack sauce. I was like, we're not calling it crack sauce. Crack sauce. I love that. Um, but it, we no, love it so much. The neighbors like crack. loved it and the teachers <laughs> loved it. And I would give it away as teacher uh, gifts for at Christmas time. And so I just said, hey, why don't we start selling it? And I was busy being a child. And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were busy being a child. I love that. Um, I'm so glad you guys are on, too. This is so fun. Um, <laughs> it's great. So, okay. It's, I, and it's funny. I, we've had uh, many amazing entrepreneurs on our show. And the stories uh, from food and beverage side, mainly food, often starts with, I had this idea in the kitchen. People loved it. And then, you know, I, I commercialized it and I figured out how to make a product out of it. And so, I, you know, one of the questions I love to ask is, okay, it's one thing to go make like a pot of sauce on the stove right it's another to like have enough to put in jars and sell to walmart and amazon and fill in the blank so how did you go from my neighbors love it i can make you know a couple cups to 
like more commercial? What did that look like? Well, first we started by getting a uh, commercial kitchen. And I mean, we just started making it from there. We would make like 150 to 200 jars a day. And we'd spend all day, like once a week in the kitchen. And then eventually we got a co-packer who can make our sauce for us and put it on pallets and send it out to our stores. Okay. So, so we started the first time that we were in that commercial kitchen, this teeny tiny commercial kitchen with a window unit. Yeah. We made a whopping 64 jars. So Ooh, it was all day. 64 jars. And so did, by, the, did, yeah, how did we you spent like two years in that kitchen. So by the end of the two-year period, we were up to 300 a day. But it would take wow. us, you know, the prep and all that, it would take us like, you know, three days for the pre- you know, one day prep, one day cooking, and then the next day labeling and, and putting in cases. And, and stuff. how did you find, like, did you know a commercial kitchen? Did you know a co-packer? How did you guys figure out, like, where to even start with that? Well, so we started selling at farmer's markets, and there's a lot of other people who already use commercial kitchens. And so we kind of just talked to other people who were already in the business and and did our, like, looked up on Google Yep. commercial kitchens near me and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. And so it started off with 64 jars. Did it taste good? Did it taste good like from like, you know, the first go round or was the taste consistent when you went from, you know, uh, cooking at home with mom to 64 jars and then 300 jars a day? I mean, it, it was consistent when we went from cooking at home to cooking in the commercial kitchen, but it was, it was hard to, to go from the commercial kitchen to a co-packer because we went from making like, like 12 batches, I mean, 12 jar batches to them making like 200 jar batches. (laughs) Like, and so it's hard to keep the consistency there, but now we have it where it is consistent. Yeah. Batch we got is like uh, cornstarch stuff. The first first batch we did with our very, very first co packer, we don't use them now, but the first batch we did, it was just. It was nothing like our sauce. Okay, so all right, so for our audience, so uh, some of them aren't in the food business. So you you, know, you have a commercial kitchen, you have more control over the product, right? You're you're filling jars and you're putting labels on them yourself. I'm guessing, right? Kind of that model. And when you went to the the co-packer, did they say, okay, give us the recipe and they make the product? You know what I mean? And then here's our here's our finished product. Like, what did that look like? So when you start making a sauce uh, or any product, any food product at home, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, that does not go over well when you just <laughs> they kitchen. Exact. They're like, what? <laughs> right. No. So you have to weigh out all your ingredients and like come, you better come prepared. Because if you want a good co-packer, you better come very professional and very prepared and know exactly how much of, you know, weigh out your ingredients. Got it. And so when they brought you the first batch, were you guys like, hmm, not good? Or like, what, what did that look like? Well, so what, what usually happens is they have like, you like meet with them and then you make like a small batch so that they know how to make yours. And then they scale it up themselves. And so the small batch, it tasted great. And then once they scaled it up and we got like, we got a palette of our sauce back. We're like, wait, this isn't our sauce. This doesn't <laughs> taste like it. Like this isn't fresh at all. Yeah. So yeah. And the anxiety that came after that I'm was sure. really hard. Because <laughs> so, you just bought a whole pallet. Oh, you just of you own you the pallet of product that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't sell it. We, we we decided not to sell any of it because it wouldn't be like right. It wouldn't be our sauce. We didn't want like that going out and having our logo on it. Totally. Yeah. 
it's it's funny early on in any product business there are lessons learned like that and i can't wait to dive into some of those with you guys later but like um i had a guest on last week and they were importing product right and they had forgotten to put a sticker on that that was needed for customs and all of their product like couldn't come through custom you know you just don't know until you get there so okay you got a palette that were were waved you just discarded it so then did you have to just how did you tweak the recipe and get it right (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> there was nothing wrong with our recipe. We'll Sorry. just move on because uh, sometimes in business you um, you discover who to work with and who not. Oh, to work that's with. a good we'll point. You, you needed to find a new partner. Got it. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. All right, so um, you guys get, you get some scale. Did you already have places that wanted to sell it when you were when you went to the co-packer? In other words, did you already have orders and in stores, or were you still doing farmers market? Oh, when we 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 were we were doing farmers markets, but we were DSD delivering to twelve HEB grocery stores, and so we had just called them, being like, "Hey, we want to be in your store," and we also had some Ace Hardwares and some mom and pop stores with that. Yeah. So basically, we when we actually really um, started desperately looking for a co-packer was when we got into our second HEB DSD delivery store, and between I guess number two and number twelve. Cause yeah, we went into Quest with our new co-packer. Yeah, because we had a yeah, because the the other co-packer wasn't really working out. We kind of had him, and but yeah, we we went into the competition with Quest and going, you know, telling HEB, oh my gosh, we totally have a co-packer and he's, he's awesome. And I'm like, I think this guy's gonna be awesome. It's two brothers and they're awesome. They are yeah. awesome. We were just with them and their staff. That's great. But and at the time, I was like hoping that they would be awesome, but they are awesome. <laughs> so you get into a couple HEB stores. Um, you guys, uh, the state, the acronym that was just used that flew right by was DSD, which is Direct Store Delivery. How are you guys getting product from your co-packer out to those stores? Now we ship to the HEB warehouse. They have to. Their... I have Mr. Burden. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, I love this. So I'm sorry. When we were DSD delivering, we would back up my server. Right. To the that's what I was going to ask. Were you guys taking it? Yes, we were. Oh, that's hilarious. And so, so you're backing up to the loading dock at the HEB, and here's your 12 cases. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I would lift up the boxes, and then the boys would be in the warehouse, and they would grab the boxes, and then they, you check it in uh, in the back, right? In the back of HEB. And then we would go and shelf it. It's called merchandise. So you put the, the product on the shelf. And then we would uh, we would demo back in the days before COVID right. where you could hand out samples. So that's really how we built our brand is like just demoing was huge for us. Farmers markets and demoing. If we would have launched a product now, like we, we actually are launching Diablo Vegan now. It's hard because we can't demo. Wow. So share a little bit about the product. We went right down the path of like making it, distributing and whatnot. Um, but talk about the the flavors and, you know, what, talk about your product so that everyone knows like what they're, what they can buy. Um, so it's a creamy cilantro sauce and you can put it on literally everything you, you can think of. Hmm? Oh, it's, it's Diablo Verde. Um, and so you can put it on enchiladas, uh, tacos, um, Steaks, salads, yeah. sandwiches, everything. So we have six skews of Diablo Verde. It comes in mild, medium, and hot. Uh, I'm sorry, three skews of Diablo Verde, mild, medium, and hot. And then we also have our new line, which is both great for fish tacos, enchiladas, salad, 
you know, rice, chicken, vegetables, eggs, everything. everything. I'm a hot guy. I like, I like spicy. So did it start off? Yeah. Did it start off with all of those skews or did you start off with like one skew or two skews? Where did you start? Well, originally we started off with just a medium, but then we're like, Oh, there's a lot of people who say it's too spicy. And a lot of people, people who say it's too mild. And so (laughs) can't me. That's funny. We made it mild and then hot. That's cool. Um, and then, so as you think about how do you grow the line, do you keep adding other flavors or like, what does that look like for you guys? I mean, just more food products. So basically our mission is, you know, to make the world a better place through entrepreneurship. You know, Diablo Vegan is um, the 5% of the proceeds are donated for wolf conservation and 5% of the proceeds for Diablo Verde are for rhino conservation. Wow. So the cool. reason why we chose rhinos is because Luke likes rhinos, you know, back to the birthday story. And um, Aiden loves wolves. So he gets his product. <clears throat> and so our next will be to clean George. up the ocean. What about George? Because yeah. the four of us can clean up the entire, all the oceans. How many oceans are there? There's like a oh, lot. Wow. There's seven oceans. We're going to clean them all up. Wow. With whatever product we bring in next. <laughs> I love that. Why not have a big vision? I love that. That's really cool. Um, so, and now I'm going to jump back to the whole discussion on like where you're selling. How did you get into HEB? And and how did you, and, and now I know you're even you're further in retail. Like talk about how you've gotten access to retailers and how you've kind of found your way in. Well, so originally we, like the DSD, we had, we just like called them up and we said, Hey, we have lots of people who want to buy our sauce and they want to be an HEB or they wanted to buy an HEB. And so we had like our, um, our fans and stuff. They requested requested from the managers. And then eventually once we were in 12 HEB grocery stores, and then we won HEB's quest for Texas best. And that launched us into what? 350. Well, in the beginning they put us into like 156 stores and now we're, um, we're in about 300, uh, wow. HEB grocery That's stores. amazing. That's amazing. Um, and so the quest for Texas best was huge for us. It was a life changing HEB. We cut our teeth. I mean, and they, they're really a great company because they take these small businesses and they teach you the business. Um, and they, you know, a lot of, a lot of big corporations don't want to work with, you know, people that are so wet behind the ears and they sure. gave us a chance and I will forever be in their debt for that. Um, they've been great. And then Walmart happened because they had an open call competition, which is similar to Quest, but you don't win any money. <laughs> right. You just basically win the chance to to do business with Walmart. Sure. Meet with the so category. That was buyer. last October and yeah. the open call. And then we are launching just in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. That's awesome. And, and, and I mean, that's KG a is a, the second largest distributor in the nation. And that's how we got into Albertsons and uh, about 125 independent grocery stores. That's huge. Okay. What about e-commerce? I know you guys sell on Amazon. I saw, um, how does that channel work for you guys versus uh, retail? Are you doing fulfilled by Amazon or fulfilled by merchant? How does, what does that look like for you guys? Well, we're doing, we're doing both. And so we have some products that are on prime and we have some that like we ship directly. But then we also have our website, which, so yeah, so we have two e-com. And then you guys fulfill your own e-commerce on your website. So like if yes. someone orders there, you guys go to the, you know, and go and fill, put boxes together and a, say that again. Uh, we also have a fulfillment center. So yeah, a well, lot we, of our choice for there. We do sometimes do it. Like if the, well, one, um, during COVID, the fulfillment center had to shut down for a little bit. 
And so we had to do all of those. Yeah. Wow. So we have three warehouses. We have our own our on-site warehouse where usually we send our samples or some of our Amazon orders. And then we have a, um, we have an e-com warehouse or fulfillment center. And then we also have a logistics warehouse and that will ship out to Kahi and Walmart. And then, you know, HEB has been great. We ship directly from our co-packer to HEB. That's awesome. Talk about, um, who, do you know who your consumer is? Like at first, you know, the farmer's market, you know, the people that are buying your product and now you're just everywhere. So do you, do you even have good visibility of who's buying your product? And then, and then therefore, can you market to them in a different way with social and whatnot? What does that look like for you guys? I mean, it's really everyone who likes good food. (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, really, I'm very typical consumer. Like, you know, that, uh, that mom or, you know, someone that loves like all natural food and, and wants flavor, lots of flavor. So, you know, but, you know, I could be, I could show up as a consumer at 20. I could show up as a consumer at 60. So, sure. you know, but really, you know, for me, I, I've met with a lot of, um, you know, marketing or, or, you know, brand builders and they're like, you know, no, you can't say everyone from two to 90. I'm like, well, yes, because kids have buying power. Kids have so much power that now I totally. have, I, I say Diablo Verde and Diablo Vegan like 12 times a day or, or not more, a hundred times. I mean, <laughs> sure. I, I, kids have so much power that now I'm in business because of my kids' power over me. <laughs> so, that's so fun. Are you guys having fun with it? You know, like, was it, has it been fun and have there been no. highs? And, it's not fun. I, <laughs> <laughs> Are there highs it, and lows? Like, what does it look like, you know, as a has, family? It is fun. It is fun sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes that's the key word. Most of the time, it's fun, but yeah, it all right. A lot so, of all right. So, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll dig there a little bit. So, as a family, right? You got our family business going on. What's like? What's you? What are the parts you really enjoy, and are there parts you don't enjoy? Uh, that's a what great question. She gets us pizza <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Rarely. Can you put the sauce on pizza? I mean, that would be. Oh yes. Yeah. We actually have a YouTube video about that. Oh jeez, that's funny. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, you guys should check out our YouTube channel. (laughs) We're gonna do that. We're gonna have you guys tell all the places in a minute. All right. So highs and lows. Like, tell me some things you really love and things that are like, oh my god. I mean, I think festivals are a very fun thing because we get to like. I mean, we do have to stand around and sell our sauce, but we do get to see like live music or see. Other vendors with cool products. Or win awards. Or yeah, or, and win awards. Or win awards. I mean, why not win awards? I totally agree. Right? <laughs> and also, you know, I really enjoy, to me, I'm really excited because we're going to go compete at the Austin Salsa Fest. Hopefully, their level five uh, COVID restrictions will go down right. by then. But Jeez. yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to get back in front of the consumer. I love that. Like, I love I that, that interaction. And uh yeah, and we're also going to be doing the Texas Country Reporter Festival in is it October? October. That's awesome. So there are, are some. Hopefully, you know, we're praying that yeah, everybody stay safe and healthy, so that we can go back out and sample I'm with and you. festivals. Totally. Festivals is fun. They're fun. I know yeah. it's great. I mean, I think people are eager to be out too, as you can imagine. Um, are there things that each of you do, like maybe certain things that each of you are really good at, or things that you know you kind of own that part of the the business uh, or you know what and that might be distribution or merchandising or brand or I logos movie really heavy stuff uh, all right so you got the moving heavy stuff yeah. all right and any others well he's the head of like 
um, warehouse and logistics and rhino conservation. Okay, got it. Rhino con- conservation. And then what about the other well, two? Guys? That's what they actually do. So. <laughs> All right. What about the other two of you guys? Uh, well, I'm the head of uh, uh, wolf conservation and of shipping. Okay. Got it. And I'm the head of uh, PR and marketing. And, and the ocean restoration. Or uh, ocean, yes. whatever. Once right? we have a product set. Right. I love it. And then, and then what about your mom, Tracy? I sit down, I sit back and eat bonbons all day long. <laughs> And the boys do all the work. You do. It looks like you do uh, the good social, the social work there on the phone, uh, getting some good videos, right? I do, uh, but no, I, I kind of no. I'm, I'm the puppet master or whatever. You I, know. Call me. I know. I do. You know what I tell people is I do everything on. I clean the toilets to the interviews, and I expect everybody else on the team to do the same. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Hey, okay, so I've got one more question for you guys. Um, I'd love to hear something from each of you. Um, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, or they want to be, right? They they would love to be sitting in your seat, you know, at, at Three Sons Foods, and seeing a brand take off and be in not just three HEBs, but hundreds, and I mean, it's Albertsons and others. But you guys have had already some lessons learned along the way. Like you've you've had some highs and lows. So if each of you picked one thing that would like a piece of advice you'd share with our listeners, what would that be? And I don't care who wants to go first. One piece of advice from each of you. What would you say, Mom? I'll go mom will go last. <laughs> well, I guess like how you said there's highs and lows. And so you're going to get to a low and you're going to think I should just give up. But there's like a high like coming up pretty soon. Eventually. Yeah. And so if you just keep persevering, that you'll get to that high and it, it'll be all worth it. Awesome. All right. Who's next? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, what lessons have we learned through? I mean, like, seriously, think about what. For, I mean, for me, I do see like the boys, they're, they're a little bit. Um, not street street wise, like they gained some, you know, here in suburbia, I think that they gained a knowledge of business that they maybe would not have had. Definitely sure, not have absolutely. had at all. Absolutely. Um, I mean, is that what something that you've learned? Yeah. I mean, I've really I've grown up with this since I was eight years old. And so awesome. when I was eight, I really didn't know much. So I, don't, I haven't really like, you know, it's just whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. Ooh, this. Um if you don't hire people, you can save a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the quote of the day. <laughs> if you don't hire people, you can save a lot of money. I mean, you got four right there. I mean, you don't need yeah. Yeah. Well, And the dog, I did see the dog. There's a dog wandering around too, I see. But I mean, yeah. building a team is super important and super needed. So you don't do that. No, you do need to build a team. Don't listen to him. You do need to build a team. <laughs> Um, it's just, you know, it's not all about just making a great product. Then you have to manage people and you have to, um, have KPIs and things like that. So that's a whole other podcast. Trust <laughs> no one. Trust. <laughs> we have to run reports you, and make sure we're making money and seeing our sales numbers yeah. and figure out how much to make. Right. Fresh. I mean, that's a big part of it too. How much do we need to make to meet all those stores you're about to have? I mean, right. um, and what, how, what's the date you have date codes on your product? Like what's the shelf life on your product? It's two years. Dang. I open wow. it in the pantry. And then once you open it, it lasts for about three weeks in the fridge. Wow. Nice job. That's awesome. Good question. Um, I do want to just say like advice to entrepreneurs that are listening. There's anxiety that you're going to have. 
um, there's going to be fear like every day, (laughs) every day, like every day. (laughs) So I really feel like the biggest lesson that we have learned is just to believe in yourself. Right. So when I go through those dark times and where I'm so full of anxiety, I can't sleep. I'm grinding my teeth. I take myself to the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is I've done it before. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. And even if we had to, like, if everything just went in the hole today and we had to start back over at farmer's markets, we could do it. And we would, you know, we would, we would do it again. We'd climb that mountain again. There's going to be more mountains. There's going to be bigger mountains. And I, we've climbed a few and we got over the mountain and we got to the top or whatever, and we're going to do it again and again and again. I love it. That's a that's some great advice from all of you guys. Um, George, you're the PR marketing guy. Where can our listeners find you, connect with you, find you guys on social, your website, your YouTube, anything and everything? So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, oh yeah, Pinterest, all under Three Sons Foods. Yes, and yes. <laughs> I was gonna say that after, but and YouTube at Three Sons Foods and our website. Website is com. Yeah, that's awesome. Order from you can order from our website. There's also recipes on our website, and then there's also recipes and behind the scenes videos on our YouTube and Instagram and our social medias. So cool. Anything else, George? And we're also on Amazon and Walmart.com. <laughs> and HEB.com. And HEB.com. And, yes. and growing. Like, I mean, who knows where you'll be in a couple months. And so with that, I, I want to tell you guys, I want to have you guys back on in like six months, eight months. Um, I want to hear how things are going. Um, I want to revisit like some of these questions with you guys and hear what you've learned. And so I hope you'll come back on with us down the road. Only if you let us send you some sauce. <laughs> that's, I'm sold. That, that's definitely it. I'm a sauce guy. I love sauce. Anyway, I can't even wait. Hot, especially. Um, guys, it's been so fun meeting you and so cool talking to each of you. And I'm so glad you all were here. Um, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having, having us. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.